0: It's always great to have our kids with us. Ms. Nancy, thank you for being here. Um, today's lectionary reading is this passage of Scripture from Mark's Gospel, the fourth chapter, verses 35 through 41, and the title of the sermon today is Jesus Cares. Jesus Cares. I have this friend uh, that is as cool as the other side of the pillow. I mean, this guy has the ability to remain calm in almost seemingly any circumstance whatsoever. I've known him for my entire life. I've never seen him get rattled. I've never seen him raise his voice. I mean, he's sort of like that dry idea deodorant commercial from the 80s. He's never going to let you see him sweat. I love that about him. And and so whenever I'm having a moment of anxiousness or I'm scared or I'm stressed out, just a phone call to him is just like this soothing balm in my spirit. And and so I really look forward to talking to him when I'm scared or when I'm stressed or when I'm angry or when I'm upset. But here's the thing. His wife and I don't necessarily agree about that. You see, she's the kind of person that when she gets stressed or when she gets scared, she would very much like for her husband's intensity to match her own. I mean, when she's really nervous and upset, and and, and she sees him just being as cool as the other side of the pillow, just calm and collected and measured, in the heat of the moment, when, when she doesn't have time to really process what's going on, she's convinced that her husband just doesn't care, that he's just absolutely not concerned with whatever is going on in her life. And it's only later it's only when she can kind of take a step back from the stressful or frightening situation that she's in that she could say, you know what, my husband is that way all the time. I mean, that's just the way he's wired. That's just the way God made him. He is cool and calm and collected. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It doesn't mean that he's not concerned even though he doesn't always match my intensity even though he doesn't always react in the way that I would like well, in our scripture lesson today, Jesus has been teaching. He's been teaching for a while, and maybe it's because Jesus begins to see that some of them are nodding prayerfully in agreement at his sermon or his teaching, or, or maybe it's just because Jesus himself is worn out. He's tired of teaching. He's tired of engaging the disciples. At, at any point, he, he just looks over at his uh, disciples, his apostles, and he says, let's take the boat and let's go over to the other side. Now, uh, the water that they are on is the Sea of Galilee, which, interestingly enough, is not a sea. It's actually the largest freshwater lake in all of Israel. It, it is um, about 14 miles long and about 9 miles wide. And, and so they're on this boat, and they're at some point in that journey. They're probably far enough to where it's not quickly or easy to turn back, but it's not easy or quick to get to the, where they're going when this great... great great storm arises and it's worth pointing out that at least four of these apostles at least four of these early disciples that Jesus called to follow him and enter into ministry with him they were seasoned experienced fishermen And so when this great storm arrives, we get the sense that this storm is not your average storm. We would think that these four fishermen at least would have seen some storms in their day. And yet Mark describes this storm as being so great that that water, the waves begin to crash inside the boat and that the boat is in jeopardy of drowning. And those disciples... They're looking at Jesus the way my friend's wife looks at him. And they're concerned that his intensity doesn't seem to be matching their intensity. They're concerned that he doesn't appear to be as frightened and concerned for his life and theirs as they are. And in that moment, they are tempted to even wake Jesus up and they ask him, Do you not care? Do you not care that we are about to die? Have you ever been in a situation like that? Have you ever wondered whether or not Jesus cared? Have you ever wondered why Jesus' intensity doesn't seem to match your own and the circumstances where you find yourself? Me too me too. As I was thinking about uh, personal illustrations or examples that I might share with you in my own life uh, about when I didn't feel like Jesus' intensity was matching my own, I I realized that it was Father's Day, and I realized that on this day, many of you are able to easily uh, celebrate your fathers and all that they've meant to your life, but many of us didn't have that same kind of warm fuzzy feeling about our dads Uh, maybe not in the past or maybe now and we really struggle with that and so I just wanted to give voice to that today that if you are here this morning and and you find this day to be very difficult then I I I know how you feel Um, you know my dad was an alcoholic when I was uh, born he he drank uh, all the time Uh, bourbon was his top priority in his life Uh, nothing else could measure up to that. And my dad wasn't one of those funny drunks. (laughs) He wasn't one of those fun drunks. Uh, My dad was the stab the table with the steak knife because the supper's not ready drunk. My dad was the stumbling, bumbling, knocking over the Christmas tree and the furniture drunk. And I used to wonder as a child, God, do you not care? Are you not concerned about what this is doing to my family? Are you not concerned about what this is doing to my father? Well, I came up with another example uh, of, of, of this that might be more appropriate for the text today. You know, as a pastor... Like so many of you in your chosen vocations or occupations, sometimes you're presented with problems, right? Problems that have to be solved. And, and, and sometimes those problems that have to be solved, the decisions that you have to make in order to attempt to solve those problems can be difficult decisions, right? You're familiar with that. And so I can remember one particular instance in a church solve or resolve this issue. And and it doesn't happen this way all the time. In fact, I would probably say that it seldom happens this time. But in this one particular time, everybody on the committee, and I included, even we all agreed on what the best solution to the problem would be. I mean, it was just like one of those God things. It was a God moment. We were all 100% certain that this was the best way to handle it. And so that's the way we decided to handle it. This may shock you, but not everybody thought we handled it in the right way. <laughs> this may shock you, but the next week, uh, people began to knock on my door at the church office, and I was called everything but a child of God. I mean, I had to look some of those words up. I'd never heard them before, and, and I went to Ole Miss, so I'm pretty well-versed in a lot of the words that they were using And and I remember thinking, God, don't you care? I mean, you're the one that put me in this situation. I mean, you're the one that appointed, put me in a church where this problem existed. And, and, And you're the one when we had plenty of time to pray about a solution that you just went and convicted every heart in the room that this was the way to handle it. And now, here it is. I'm catching all of this flack. I'm in the midst of this storm that's raging all around me. I can't do anything about it. Do you not care? Are you not concerned? Why is your intensity not matching the intensity that I'm feeling in this room in this very moment as that guy was just cussing me up one side and down the other? I wondered, I wondered, God, do you care? I'm wondering if you have some of those same wonderings. I bet you can think of a time in your life where it might have been because you made a bad decision. It wasn't necessarily what God wanted you to do, but you just made a bad decision, and, and, and next thing you know, a storm has erupted, and, and you're wondering if God cares. Or, or maybe like that instance in the church, you made a decision because you truly believed that it was God leading you to make that decision, and then it still ended up in a hot mess. And you wondered if God ever cared. Or maybe, as is often the case, stuff just happens. Circumstances outside of your control. Life just happening all around you. And you made good decisions. You may have made godly decisions. And yet you still find yourself in the middle of a storm that's raging all around you. And you wonder, God, do you not care? Are you not concerned? Why is your intensity not matching the intensity of the moment? Well, it's funny when the disciples uh, wake Jesus up and they ask him if um, if you don't don't you care don't you have concern? Jesus doesn't bother responding to that question, does he? <laughs> He's like, I'm not even gonna try to answer that question for you right now. What Jesus did instead is that he calmed the storm and then he turned right around and he asked them a question. And he said, why are you afraid? Okay, Jesus, I can answer this one. We're afraid because we're in the middle of the worst storm that we've ever experienced. Four of us are fishermen. We've seen this kind of thing our whole lives, and yet this even scared the bejesus out of us. That's why we're afraid. Easy question to answer. But then the second question that Jesus answered, asked is, Have you still no faith? And when I hear Jesus asking this question, I wish I could hear his voice and not just reading on the page, but in my my ear, when I hear this question being asked, I hear Jesus with with a measure of distress or sadness. Have you still no faith? I mean, after all, even if we just looked at the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has done some pretty incredible things that might, would lend itself to people believing, hey, this guy's pretty special. I mean, he's got some power to do some things that we haven't seen in these here parts in a while. I mean, it started when he healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law. It started when he healed a man with a withered hand. Uh, It started when he cast demons out of people, or there was a leper, there was a paralytic, he healed those two. I think Jesus is sort of sad that after all that they've seen him do, after all of the power that he has already exhibited in the world around them, that when they find themselves in a stressful situation... And they're worried that his intensity and concern doesn't match theirs. He's like, do you still not get it? There are some people that say that this verse might actually be better translated. Have you still no faith yet? And again, it all depends on how he said it. But as I hear that, and based on what I understand and know about Jesus through the totality of the Gospels, that to me sounds like a question of hope. Like, I know you're going to get it. You're a little slower at having this faith and getting this faith than I would have hoped, that I would have liked. But you are going to get it. It is going to come. and, And have you still not got it? At this point. Jesus doesn't promise that the storm won't go away. (laughs) That would be nice, wouldn't it? If we could just say, hey, Jesus, calm the storm. and, And he would, oh, as you wish. And he would just do that. But Jesus doesn't calm the storm here. In fact, if you keep reading in the Gospel of Mark, you know that there are plenty of storms still yet to come as Jesus makes his way to the cross. Uh, those storms literal and figurative storms. So Jesus seems to know that, that I can't always calm the storms of life that are raging around you. but when those storms come, I have a question for you: Will you trust will your power be in the power of the storm or in the power of me when the storms come? That seems to be what He's asking here. See, what Jesus desires is faith. And not just from the disciples, but faith from all of us. He doesn't promise that the storms will all go away or that storms won't even come to the faithful. But what he does promise in this text is that when the storms come, I will be with you. I will not desert you. You've already seen evidence of my power, and so what will you trust in when the storms come? Will you trust in the power of the storm, or will you trust in the power of my presence and my love? You see, the storms of life have, a, have an interesting way of really sort of helping us to get at the root of just where are we in our journey of faith. It's really easy to be faithful when everything's going well. But you'll have some sense of where your faith really is when the storms of life come raging. And Jesus just wants us to trust him in the middle of the storm. In those times when we think Jesus is not concerned. In the times when we think that Jesus doesn't care. During the times when we think that Jesus may actually just be asleep at the... Divine wheel, Jesus cares. As I read this passage today, I think the most hopeful verse of the passage is one that we probably just slid right on past when it was read this morning. I know it was true for me the first time I began reading this text this past week to prepare it. And that's that after there was a long day of teaching, Jesus said to the disciples, let's take the boat and go over to the other side. He didn't say, let's take the boat, go halfway, a big storm's going to come, and it's going to threaten to kill us all. He, he didn't say, let's go over to the boat of the other side, and it's going to be the most relaxing, enjoyable trip that we've had yet. We deserve it after being out here doing the Lord's work all day. He said, let's go over to the other side and when that storm came I wonder if the disciples gave any thought that that's what Jesus said was the ultimate destination we will get through this we will get on the other side of this what I invited you to was to go on a journey with me to the other side we will get through this Trust me, Jesus wants to say. And the way we trust in Jesus is to know that Jesus cares for us. If we don't believe that Jesus cares for us, it really is corroding and eroding to whatever faith we might have. But Jesus wants us to know even when it might not look like it, I do care for you. I will get you through the storm um, that you're in. There is an other side to it. And I will be with you all the way.